Welcome to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham, a podcast dedicated to established business leaders like you, ready to bring more meaning into your life in a way that strengthens rather than threatens the financial stability of your business. I'm your host, Bessie Graham. I've worked with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies like the United Nations for over 20 years to bring doing good and making money back together. So let's unpack why you don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life. Businesses can be a positive agent for change in the world. And the reality is that small and medium enterprises, or SMEs, around the world are actually the linchpin on which a healthy society relies. That's because of the 333 million SMEs, and while in different countries there are different Uh, sort of definitions around what an SME is. For the sake of this conversation, I'm predominantly focusing on businesses that have up to 250 employees. So, you know, anything from a small organisation up to 250. But whatever country you go to around the world, those SMEs employ the most people and their impact in local and global economies, is disproportionate. There are absolutely real challenges for small and medium enterprises when they're competing in global global markets, whether that is around the fact that when it comes to the benefits of supply chains, pricing, infrastructure, or access to capital that scale would afford, they don't have that. So there are these constraints or challenges that can occur, that can occur for, for small and medium enterprises because of that. But there are also benefits and those benefits allow those of us that are leaders of SMEs to be responsive and agile. They allow us to make fast decisions and to capitalise on the opportunities that are emerging in a rapidly changing business environment like the one we all find ourselves in. So it is worth being honest and realistic about the constraints and challenges of an SME, but also to focus in on those opportunities and the pieces that set us apart. And the reason why I am wanting to talk to you today as a business leader in that small and medium enterprise space, and particularly to think a little bit more about this role of SMEs. There's two key factors really that I that I want to have this conversation with you related to. One is to encourage you that in fact in amongst all of the frustration and conversations and challenges that are being discussed in the world related to business's role related to the challenges of embedding some of this change into corporations, around the challenges of 
can we actually address the big entrenched social and environmental problems around some of the scepticism that is really public and quite vocal in the media related to investors and impact investment or ethical investment and people trying to shift and influence the way that big businesses are operating in the world. So I am having this first part of the conversation with you today as kind of a counterpoint to some of that uh, negative, frustrating energy that is sitting or hovering over the conversation around the role of business in making a positive impact in the world. And that's because this conversation, when we focus on businesses like ours and on the role that we can play as business leaders of small and medium enterprises, is to say that many, not all, but many of the challenges that I just discussed much of the scepticism, much of the frustration in not being able to get traction, in not being able to make the level of change or the speed of change that people are wanting to see happen, much of that is not actually an issue for us in the SME space. Because that distance that a large business or corporation has, particularly a large listed organisation. The distance between who can make decisions, who has influence, and that particular role that an individual can play, whether they are an investor or a leader in that organisation, whether they are a customer or an employee of that organisation. Those frustrations and distance between desire and decision or influence are not present for you and they're not present for me in the same way in our own organisations. And so I think that in this conversation we are missing out massively if we don't start to focus in on the 333 million SMEs around the world and the leaders of those organisations. My desire is to be really, really focused on leaders like you in that SME space and to help plant those seeds to open up your mind to what is possible when you bring doing good and making money back together and when you use your business in a really intentional way, integrating good back into the business. Because if we do that piece, the mindset shift, and then if we back that up with the actual tools to not just conceptualise some beautiful business model in isolation, not just to design something that might be amazing, but to also then build that, to bring it to life and to be able to sustain it over time, If we do that, then the depth of change, the lasting change and the speed of change will be a whole different ballgame. And so that is the first piece of why this conversation is so important today 
and why the focus on SMEs is so important. I want you to really sit with that because it's quite possible that in the current business environment that we're operating in, that there are components where you probably wish you had the uh, cash flow of a large organisation, the wiggle room. There's some of the components that you might be feeling a bit envious of. I want you today to instead focus in on the incredible benefit that comes from the fact that when you think different, you can act different and you can make a different difference. That's the old uh, mantra of a foundation that I, I used to work with. And if you put that into practice, if it's not just an empty saying or mantra, if you actually really take that on board and realise the power of what you have as a leader of a small and medium enterprise, then I think you will start to get excited about what's possible here. So that's a big part of what that conversation is around the power of SMEs. So the second piece kind of goes into the components related to the challenges that I see in the ways we are currently trying to get businesses to engage with, take responsibility for, and play a bigger and more positive role in creating change in the world. And there's a few reasons and a few factors that play into why I think that there are challenges in how we're currently doing that. But the first piece that I want to just sit with in terms of those challenges is to say that so often when we focus on the wrong part of a system or we put too much of our attention on an aspect that we think will open up or leverage or create impact and it's actually the wrong place, then that's where a lot of that frustration and lack of momentum comes from. And I absolutely think that when it comes to attempting to do charity differently, to do aid and development differently, to do philanthropy or funding differently, to do investment differently, a big part of why we have not seen the change we want and need and a big part of why so many people are feeling frustrated and disillusioned and cynical around that is that too much of the focus is on the investors, those with money, or the funders, again, those with money, or because of the historical kind of power dynamics and those who were seen to play a role in the social, environmental, or charitable sectors, there is also a focus on the actual service delivery or organisations that are directly trying to address these issues, as well as the intermediaries 
who are doing things like measurement and reporting around impact. So we've got these kind of four big stakeholders that are taking up most of the oxygen and attention in this space. And they are driving that conversation in ways that I think are focusing on the wrong things. And it means that we are leaving most people out of the conversation. So we're having a conversation with a very small group of people. But we are also not actually having the impact or making the difference that we want and need in the world. And so it's a double whammy in terms of the downside of that approach. And the reason why I'm bringing that piece up with you, and I want to just be honest with you as someone who has been working in this space for over 20 years, and so I see myself in both of these camps, right? So I see a responsibility that I have as someone who has been in this space for a long time and has failed business leaders like you in being able to push through and have the discipline to drill, to boiling things down to their essence, to that simple on the other side of complexity. So I have a role to play there and I have failed to date and I have been working really hard in the last few years and especially in the last sort of 12 months to correct that, but I know there's still a long way to go. So that's, that's one of those camps. The other piece related to it is that I also am someone who absolutely loves and is committed to business. And I passionately believe and have put my career and effort into trying to create those environments where small and medium enterprises can flourish and where they can make a bigger and deeper and richer impact in the world in positive ways. And so from that place, I want to encourage you that if you have had a desire to start to bring more meaning into your business, if you have taken steps in the past and tried to bring some of these ideas that you've heard me or others talking about into your business, but you have struggled to really get traction, and then you have found yourself in a position where it's ended up being pushed into the too hard basket and you haven't stuck at it, I want to encourage you that that is not entirely your fault. And part of what I am committed to doing with you and part of what I would love for you to embrace and come on a journey with me is to say that you don't have to feel the weight and responsibility of having to get your head around all of the complexities of what it looks like and how you create genuine change in the world and what that looks like at a systems level, how that plays out in terms of unintended consequences, how you would measure and track that. You don't have to get your head around everything, but you do need to be curious and you need to engage in this conversation in terms of this planting of seeds, 
and engaging with the conversation to be equipped to then build out and run your business differently. But I am committed to doing that with you. And part of what I would love to see in terms of the energy shift and the momentum build between you and me is to have you start to engage and ask me questions. Rather than listen to some of this and and have kind of niggling things where you're like, I don't quite understand what you mean. Or for you to be engaging with this and then thinking, that's lovely and could work elsewhere, but I don't know how that would work in my business. If you're thinking any of those things, if you have any questions like that or different, I would love for you to share them with me. Because I want to make sure I am answering the right questions and that what I'm sharing with you is landing. Some of it is going to take multiple cracks, both because I am still learning how to really get to that simple on the other side of complexity, but also because much of what I'm saying, while it might sound a little bit familiar, it's actually a pretty significant shift for most people in the business space. So you may need to hear it a few times. So that second aspect of the conversation today around the incredible role that you can play as an SME business leader is to just say, let me encourage you that you're not in this on your own and that we can figure this out. Because when I look at the aspects of, you know, the the current approaches, like I said, to trying to get businesses to engage, the three kind of categories, if you like, that, that those current approaches fall into that end up robbing SME business leaders of agency and leaving us feeling really unclear on how it is we can contribute. The, the big missing link, if you like, is that the people who are trying to encourage businesses to engage in this way so often are ignoring and not being honest or realistic about the very real challenges of running a business and particularly running a small and medium enterprise. So let me run you through three of those categories that I see and Use them to reassure you that if you've struggled with this to date, you're not the only one and it's not all on you. So the first piece sits around the fact that the current approaches are too complicated, too time-consuming and too expensive. And I think where that sort of comes from is the challenge of having a purist approach to this. The people, and I for 20 years was in this category, the people who have lived and breathed this desire to actually bring about genuine change and to find solutions and address entrenched social and environmental problems, it's really difficult when you are deeply in that space and you understand the complexity of it, it's hard not to end up overcomplicating 
And there is a difference between something being complicated and being complex. But we as the humans involved in it end up overcomplicating our solutions that we're creating. That can be seen in things like the fact that if you want to engage with many of the different reporting processes around tracking and measuring the the impacts that you are part of contributing to as a business, they are majorly complicated. You know, you have spreadsheets with 90 tabs and then explanation documents that are 100 pages long. And the the amount of moving pieces is just epic. So even if you are massively committed and want to do the work, even if you had this as your full-time focus, it would be very difficult. So then add on the fact that if you're the business owner or business leader, this isn't the entirety of your job. This is just part of the pieces that you're trying to get your head around, come up with an approach to, and be able to genuinely put it to practice in the organisation. So there's that overcomplicated piece. Connected to that is the fact that then it becomes too time-consuming. Time-consuming both from the perspective of just to really sit with and understand the stuff is time-consuming. But then the realities of having to set up new systems and processes, collect data in a different way, report in a different way, embed all of these different components into the organisation, it's incredibly time-consuming. And then the third piece is around how expensive it is. Again, when I bring up these pieces around things being too complicated, too time-consuming and too expensive, I don't want you to think that I'm saying, therefore, we shouldn't do it. I'm bringing these pieces up to say to you that the current ways that are being presented to businesses in the hope that they will then interact and engage in a different way are just not realistic. And that's not your fault as a business leader. We can absolutely design and come up with ways to engage differently and run our businesses differently that are simple, not simplistic, but simple on the other side of complexity, that are, yes, they will take time. I'm not going to tell you that this is going to be easy. But rather than being these time-consuming pieces that are time-consuming to the point of overwhelming and in a way that you're left a little bit uneasy because you don't actually know and have the confidence that it actually is getting you closer to where you want to be. With the approaches, the methodologies, the frameworks, the things that I will be teaching you and the seeds that I'm trying to plant in your mind, they are incredibly intentionally designed and pulling on decades of experience and the research of incredible minds who have had even more experience than me 
But as we think about these kinds of approaches that don't fall into this category of just being time-consuming without the confidence that we can know we're moving in the right direction, they are considering the right things and they are making sure you have clarity on what matters so that you can figure out and make better decisions about what you do spend your time on. And then if we flip into that third category around things being too expensive. When I look at the approaches, the solutions, the interventions or tools that are being created in the hope that businesses will use them, most of those are being designed by people who have never run a business and who do not understand the realities, the practicalities, the pressures and constraints of that. And it has been a criticism I have had in this sector for a long time. Part of what is tricky is to have people designing and speaking into, as if they have authority, into spaces they don't understand. And when we create these really expensive solutions and ask business leaders to take them on board, but we have failed to actually do the design work and the understanding of who we're working with and what their constraints are. When we have been so conscious of our own desires and motivating factors and our own values and what we care about, that we have failed to take our audience into account and we haven't thought about the business leader or what it is that might need to be part of the framing of an argument to incentivize that shift, that's when we end up creating things that are just too expensive to be justified from any kind of commercial reality. So that's that first bucket. And my guess is that That is probably the biggest stumbling block for most business leaders. And so if there have been attempts that you have made that you haven't been able to stick at or that didn't really get embedded in your organisation in the way you hoped they did, they would, or that you haven't just been able to sustain, you did them for a particular period of time, and then you just didn't feel you could justify the cost or the time moving forward. Then it's probably connected to this first piece in terms of the category where you have been failed as a business leader by what has been put in front of you. The second category, which is limiting the engagement and traction that these approaches are having with businesses, is that too often the examples that we're being presented with are of really large businesses. And so there's almost an inability to understand or translate or make it practical and real at the level of an organisation that doesn't have tens of thousands of employees, that doesn't have the kind of scale and access to capital or cash flow or, you know, just the pieces that are in place in a, in a large organisation. And so often before 
you were even able to really get curious, you were put off by that disconnect. And the the piece that's tricky in that is that, again, what happens is those solutions get created and designed and implemented in ways that are only relevant for some businesses rather than for the bulk of these incredible organisations like yours around the world that sit in that 333 million SMEs. This second category too where we focus on the big organisations is also part of why there is frustration and scepticism and a disillusionment with people who have been trying to do this for a long time. And that's because regardless of how much you might be putting a case forward and you might think you're doing a great job of it, when there is a disconnect between who is wanting the change to happen and where the decision-making rights sit or where influence sits, that process can be really frustrating. And it is why we come back to the piece that I said to you at the beginning of your, the thing I want you to be encouraged by, which is you as a business leader actually don't have that same problem of a disconnect. Because if you start to think differently, you can actually already make decisions. You have that influence and that control and that power. Within your small or medium enterprise, once that mindset shift changes, once you get clarity on what this actually needs to look like in your particular organisation, and once you have those tools and frameworks and the ability to build out your business and run it differently, you can make that happen. And so the piece that might have put you off by reading examples and case studies and really complicated, time-consuming, expensive solutions being put to you that felt like they just weren't practical or possible for the size of organisation you have, my encouragement to you is that while that's where all the talk and attention is, it's also where all the frustration and disillusionment and scepticism is because it's not getting the traction and it's not able to create the, the depth of change or the speed of change people are wanting. But you can. You can create the depth of change, the speed of change. All of that is possible in your organisation from the position that you are in. So sit with that for a little bit. The third piece or category that I've identified that sits related to the challenges of current approaches to getting businesses involved is that we continue to see approaches which position doing good as being the right thing to do. And it's left at that. That, that is assumed to be enough to get you as a business leader over the hurdles and the challenges and constraints that are practically put in front of you in very real ways 
But the assumption is that by telling the really genuine stories and giving the context of why this is a real problem and why it's the right thing to do to engage differently, when it, that is done and sort of left to its own devices, but it is separate to how you run your business and it lacks any commercial case for the adoption of the change that's being asked of you, then that is really difficult. And it's again where that challenge comes when we have people trying to inspire the change who don't actually understand the practicalities of how that will be embedded in a business. And that is where this back and forward with you and I, whether you're engaging with that on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on audio with the podcast, however that is that you're engaging, part of this shift is that I am sitting with both of those areas with you. Queen of both and, remember? So I'm holding and honouring for you the fact that there are practicalities and challenges and constraints that we need to figure out how to address related to your business and it has to be relevant for you. It can't just be an off-the-shelf solution being pushed onto you. So there's that piece, honouring the reality of that and getting to a place where I can equip you with the tools and frameworks and methodologies to actually do this work. And there's then also that piece that is absolutely honouring the component around the fact that you do, as a human, want to feel proud of the work you're doing. You do want your work to be more than just about profit maximisation and getting as much money as you can. You want to feel that sense of contribution and meaning and purpose. So that's great and I want to help you get that because that will sustain you over the long term as a business leader. But I am not going to make you feel bad about or act as if the realities of the business aren't there. So that's where the both end piece is going to help you actually move into and operate differently than previous approaches and current approaches that are out there in the market trying to get you to engage differently as a business. As we wrap up today, really when I think about what it is we're trying to do in these conversations that you and I are having, I am seeking to speak into a gaping wound that sits between our dualistic concepts and simplistic worldviews that are presenting us with either-or choices 
to both end situations. The reason why you're not getting traction, the reason why you are feeling frustrated or unable to justify doing the work that there is part of you that wants to do differently, that disconnect, that angst is coming because you have been fed, and it's quite possibly unconscious, but you have been fed this belief that doing good and making money are not compatible, that you've got to pick one. When you then try to engage in this work and you talk to people who are encouraging you to think differently as a business and show up in in more meaningful ways that create positive impact in the world, they are presenting a case to you that, again, is too lopsided. And so you're going, I want to believe you. I want to do better. But I just can't connect all these dots and I don't know how to do it. That piece is connected to the fact that you are being presented with these either or choices to situations that are actually both end. You need to engage with and have conversations with and think with people who can sit with that both end. And even if you're not ready to jump in and ask me questions in the way that I would like you to, even if you're not ready to more formally start to go down this path, that's okay. But I really encourage you to at least keep listening, reflecting, journaling, sit with these ideas so that gradually they can turn into something that will change the way you run your business and change the way your life actually plays out. So those aspects of of what I'm trying to speak into, of the seeds I'm trying to plant for you, they are, I was going to say a reaction to, but that's not the right word because I don't like to just be reacting to, but they are a response to the fact that we have a situation playing out where if we have a purist approach where the doing good piece is the only driver and we are purist about that rather than being pragmatic, then that approach, that extreme, overcomplicates everything. Which, as I said to you before, means less people interacting, less impact, and far less clarity. But if we flip to the other side and we have a profit maximization approach to making money, then that falls into the simplistic category. So we've got this overcomplication on the purist side and this being really simplistic on the making money side in terms of profit maximization. And so both of those extremes are stripping us of our humanness. 
they are denying how interconnected we actually are. They create separation through the sense of superiority that comes out of both of those places. Whether you are being the purest over here on the doing good side or whether you are being simplistic on the making money side and profit maximization side, there is a superiority piece that plays out here. There is an arrogance that comes where on the doing good side, the purest tendency can start to think and engage as if they are morally superior. So they, they come across as if they think and act like they are better than other people. When we see what the superiority and arrogance plays out as on that profit maximization side in terms of being super simplistic and arrogant, it's a condescending, patronizing vibe that acts as if business is the hard stuff, that charity stuff and doing good is really soft. So this is for the clever people <laughs> and it's got a, its superiority is around an intellectual superiority. Neither of those extremes are helpful. And I don't want to encourage or give a platform to that kind of thinking because it's not helpful. So those pieces are not what we're wanting to do. And, and what happens if we fall into those traps and we get into that place of separation and superiority is that it ignores the truth that our results of how that is playing out would actually show us if we had eyes to see. We fail to see that either or mindset, the approach that says doing good and making money are mutually exclusive, the arrogance and superiority that kicks in when we act as if one extreme or the other is better or the answer, it's not working. And it's time that we were honest about that. Because the answers are not found at those extremes. They are found right here in the messy middle where you and I are. Where we don't necessarily have all the answers and it certainly isn't neat and tidy because there is experimentation, whether that's on my side as I still continue I am being very disciplined about it, folks, but I'm still trying to get better at simple on the other side of complexity. So whether it's the messiness on my side or whether it's the messiness on your side as you still grapple with this mindset shift and pulling apart the unconscious beliefs that you've taken on board over the course of your life. This middle space, the grey, that I'm asking you to come into, it is messy. But this is where the answers are found. And this is where the change will occur that will lead to you 
running a better business, but in the process, having a more meaningful life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham. If you found what I shared today valuable, or you think that it would be good for a fellow business leader to listen to, then please share the episode with someone you know. Another way to help the podcast is to provide a rating and written review on your podcast app of choice. The written review is important because it helps others learn more about what we're trying to achieve. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to me at any time on LinkedIn, YouTube or Instagram just by searching Bessie Graham or you can go to BessieGraham.com. I'm Bessie Graham and remember, you don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life.